Right guys, welcome back to the Pints and Pundits podcast. This is episode 18 uh, and we have the pleasure. As you can see, we are joined by Rishi Hollyoak Star, who plays Sammy Malik in the show. Uh, so Rishi, thanks a lot for being with us today. And in today's show, uh, we're going to be discussing Ollie's recent turn in form uh, after that result on the weekend. We're going to be discussing where United go from here and have we found a new formation moving forward. Let's go. Rishi, thanks a lot, mate, for uh, joining us on the Pints and Pundits podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, obviously, big United fan. Uh, that's the reason why we thought we'd get, uh, obviously, Rishi in on today's show. Obviously, Pav's here with me, as usual. Uh, but Rishi, look, I want to talk a little bit about your journey so far in your acting career. Obviously, mm. um, playing a very, very big role at the moment in uh, Hollyoaks as well. Share your journey with us a little bit, mate. Yeah, I mean, I started acting about what, six years ago now. <clears throat> um, started off, you know, I never went to acting school and drama school, so yeah. I kind of did it the hard way, grafted, you know. And uh, first two, three years was working for free, doing a lot of student projects, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then got little bits and sort of built my way up from there. So, yeah, before Hollyoaks, I was doing a lot of theatre in London, sort of uh, guest episodes on, on TV shows. But, yeah, Hollyoaks, definitely the biggest thing I've been on so far. Nice, mate. Enjoy it. And obviously, look, once we heard we, you were a United fan, we were big, uh, you know, quite keen on getting you on yeah, as soon yeah. as we could. Um, and quite fitting that we're doing it straight after the Liverpool game. Um, what did you think of the game on the weekend? Well, let's talk about what you thought going into the game on the weekend. Do you know what? Going into the game, I mean, we were on such a, a bad, we were in such bad form, right? We just lost against Newcastle. So I think we. I was glad that we had the international break because I was like, I was just waiting for that. Normally, <coughs> normally, you know, international break, you're always like, oh, I was like, I need that international break soon, yeah. you know. I think it came at the right time for us. And going into it, I was confident, you know, and I know a lot of people might think, why would you be confident? But when it, when it's United Liverpool, you know you're going to step mm. on. And I think we were that bad that they had no choice, that the players had to step Something up. Something had to change. Yeah, and, um, you know, I live in Liverpool. and <laughs> Being a United fan right now, yeah, <laughs> living in Liverpool, oh, man. But uh, people at work were just giving it to me and saying, you know, we're going to hammer you 4-0. And I was mm. like, it's not going to be It's not going to be as one-sided. <laughs> how, how is it, like, obviously with the cast, your cast members, um, is, there, is there a big split or is it majority Liverpool fans? I mean, cast, it's, a, we, it's like people from everywhere. Like, yeah. I'm from London and, you know, there's, but it's the crew and all the staff okay. there. That are, yeah. All local. They're all Scousers. <laughs> they're all Scousers. So, um, yeah, I've been getting it. I've been getting it hard. And do you know what? This season, I've just had to keep my mouth shut because there's been nothing to scream about. <laughs> but on Monday, I bet you went back into work, maybe with a bit more of a bigger smile on your face as opposed to I did. To but you know what? Weeks. Liverpool fans, man. Oh, I've, <laughs> I've gone back in and I'm like, oh, you're lucky to get a point. And all of them have been like, no, no, no. We should have won the game. I'm like, what? Did you watch the game? Pav, your thoughts going into the game. Because all yeah. I heard from you, you we thought we, I was we're not get optimistic. I, I was quite confident we were going to get smacked about two, three. Um, obviously, before the game, when you when you're getting up for, I mean, we're speaking off camera. That that kind of crowd was the loudest I've ever heard it. Yeah. In the Stratford end, crowd was super up for it. And then as soon as that game started, first five minutes, I thought, you know what, we we, we got a chance because we were. You could tell we were ready to battle. Yeah. First half we were battling hard, winning every small battle. Um, obviously, uh, got the goal from from the hard work. It's just that final 20 minutes that I think maybe a substitution could have been made, foot off the gas, that sort of thing. I want to go into that a little bit more about Ollie's sort of in-game management. But looking at the season so far as a short review, Rich, what do you think? Um, where are we at? Did you expect it to be this bad? I suppose none of us expected it to be this bad. But where do you sit? Are you happy to be patient with Ollie and his whole process? Or Do you know what? This season, it's probably been the worst season that I can remember. Yeah. Yeah. So let's be honest. I mean... What are we like nine, ten games in now? Yeah, and and we're two points off the relegation zone. You know, I mean, it hurts me to say that. Mm. Having said that, you know, if we were having this conversation before the Liverpool game, it would be a very different conversation. And I know it's just one game, and yeah, it was Liverpool and it's Derby. But what I saw on on 
on the weekend. I've, I'm I'm happy with that. You know, it, I can see the players stepping up. They wanted to fight. The problem was before with the Newcastle game and the games before <clears throat> that was just there was no chances no. being created. Yeah. Nothing. There was like. It wasn't even, you couldn't even go into it saying, oh, we were unlucky, we didn't get that, or this should have happened. It was literally nothing was happening. Yeah. Pat, that's probably been the biggest concern, what we found from speaking to United fans yeah. on the fan cams and, and kind of the previews that we do um, on, on the show here. A lot of fans are saying that it's just a lack of opportunities that yeah, we're creating yeah. in games. Like, to I think the Alkmaar game, we didn't even create well, a single chance. On target, no. But then Oli came out and said it was a good performance on a tricky surface. But yeah. has he got to be a bit more ruthless, or, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, with, with that interview, I mean, I, I love Oli, you know. Yeah. With that interview, I, I was a bit disappointed because I think, do you know what? Just, just be honest. I mean, we all watch the games. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, yeah, it's a tricky surface, but when you're a professional footballer, you should be able to play on that. Do you know what I mean? Hundred um, percent. Deep down, all he knows as well. He just doesn't. There's something constricting him to not kind of come out and and negatively talk about the team. He yeah. wants to kind of keep a positive kind of kind of outlook on it. But um, and I do get that because you yeah, want to yeah. you want you want to keep it positive. I don't you, you know because I don't want to say too much about because the thing that I used to hate about when we had Jose Mourinho, was he used to come in and slate the team. Yeah. And I always used to say, why would you do that? Why, why would you <laughs> not Demoralise that team. Yeah, place. exactly. And I, and, I, and I understand that's why probably Oli doesn't do that. Yeah. But I think, I mean, like that performance against Alkmaar was... We were doing the watch along and it was brain numbing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, just... there, there was nothing there. But I mean, going back to the Liverpool game, obviously we saw Oli switch it up a bit with the, with the formation. He went with the 3-5-2 split strikers with uh, Rashford and, and James was kind of in there as well. Um, is this a formation you guys think he's going to utilise a bit more? Or is it one of those he just went to for this one-off game? I think, you know what it is, in, I think in certain games, I think when he's happy to concede possession against someone like Liverpool, I think that's where he will tactically change it just to keep it more compact, mm. I think, and be less exposed. I think in the middle of the park, I think, was probably his main concern, especially with Pogba missing. Mm. So I think he will go back to that 4-2-3-1 that we've seen him play a lot. I just think in the bigger games, he might switch it up a bit. What do you think, Rishi? Well, I think the split strikers... Especially for Rashford, man. Yeah. I think that works so well for him. Do you him. feel sorry for him? Do you know what? I, I... For the stick he's been getting and playing as a lone striker. I mean, I, I before this season, when we had Lukaku as, as <clears> our <throat> main centre forward, I always thought Rashford can be that. that. Mm. I've now realised that he's probably not that number nine. Yeah. You know, I don't think he's a left winger either. I think that split striker works perfectly for, for him. him. Yeah, because... I think he is better coming in from the left. I mean, sorry against the, for the England game as well. You yeah, know, he's he's coming from the left and he always does well. I think when he's got his back to the goal, he's he's just not that effective anymore. I think I saw it as well. His opening game of the season, I think one of his goals against Chelsea was he coming off the left. Yeah. Obviously, made a run darting through the middle, mm. and it was played. I think it was Pogba who played the ball sort yeah, of through for him. But like you said, kind of running in behind his game, receiving the ball with his back to goal is not really mm. his strong point. I think yeah. he takes a lot of flack for it. I think. With Martial's injury, I think he's he's just been flogged as well for the last sort of yeah. eight months. If you take la back in the last season and this season, I think he's just been overplayed. He needs a bit of a rest, but more importantly, I think he needs a bit of experience up top for someone just to guide him a bit. Like when Slatan yeah. was there, he kind of bullied people about a bit. And for it made him a big well. difference. Yeah. What do you think, Pav? On uh, on yeah, sort of that? I mean, uh, you guys would have seen the Jose Mourinho comments on on Rashford. He was he was a quite critical in terms of saying he's never going to be a number nine. He's he's going to be someone that comes off off the left. Um, for myself, Martial is that number nine. And if once we, you mentioned Pogba there, if we can get Pogba back in, sure, uh, slotted you know properly back at left back, hopefully no more injuries there. Then you can see some sort of kind of the mechanics coming together of an actual team there. You've got, mm. you got Shaw, you've got uh, Maguire, you've got Wambasaka, you've got Pogba, uh, you've got Martial, you've got Rashford, hopefully gets going. Then 
the ingredients are there. It's whether Oli can cook it up. In- so what would you do? Would you wrap Rashford, Martial, Daniel James? Yeah, I mean, it, it depends what formation he wants to go with. If he's going to go if for... If you've the, got a three at the top. Yeah, yeah, if he's going to go for the 4-2, 4-2-3-1, me and Peaky have said all season, is Pogba the right guy to play that quarterback role? Probably better off, you know, a bit further forward. I, I enjoyed watching Pogba when Oli first came in, then first four or five games, he was like on top of his game, yeah. man of the match performances, because <clears throat> he kind of... For me, he's a luxury player, and I think every United team, probably every successful United team, has had one of them. Whether it's Ronaldo, Cannonar mm. back in the day, Ber- even Berbatov, and I think he's that kind of mold of player where you just kind of say, "Look, just go and do what you want." But That's when you it. get the you ball, make, make give, something happen. You almost want to give him the free roll, don't yeah. you? Because he is that box-to-box midfielder that you know, like we'd see Yaya Torre do for City, oh. and that, yeah. that kind of just picking the ball up and driving, and he's got that range of passing. The thing what gets me is like some United fans kind of criticise him because they see him as kind of a Patrick Vieira type. Midfield, they, 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 they want him to, to track everything. back and yeah. tackle, and, and that's not really his game. I don't is think it? it is. No, no, I think he's much more attacking than he yeah. is defending. I mean, he can get back and he can put in a challenge, mm. and he's strong. But if if you for me, if he was going to play him holding or attacking, I'll definitely go more attacking. But I think he needs the freedom to move about. Yeah. I think with Pogba, when you restrict him, yeah, you know, it, it, it doesn't work. When he's got the kind of shackles on, he, he kind yeah. of plays within himself. He needs that freedom, and that's it. And I think it's what we saw when when Oli first came in. Yeah, he just he was given the freedom, wasn't just he? And that's express when he himself. Yeah, and I think players like him, like you used to see it with the big players at United. They used to flourish when they were given that license to go and express themselves. You know, it's like. Ronaldo, like when I used to back, you know, two thousand seven days where yeah. kind of the whole team's running back to go and defend. You see Ronnie just you know strolling back because he thing. knew that we're going to win that ball back and we're back on the yeah, counter. That's so it. sometimes you got to allow for that because the game is so quick nowadays. You, if you you're bursting the gut to get back, then who's going to be up top? Even like say with Dan James now, I think one thing that's really impressed me with him is off the ball how much work he puts in. How have you yeah. found him? Because when he made the step up from the championship, we I, I thought as well he might be fed into the team given no, twenty no one minutes here and there. To start every game. No, he's probably been one of our main attacking threats. I mean, we've been relying on him, haven't yeah. we, for the past few weeks? When we first signed him, you know, I did the typical thing go on YouTube, you know, yeah, tapping, yeah, yeah, I didn't that's know it. much about yeah. him. And you know, everyone looks good on YouTube. Yeah, so I'd seen him, and I'd, for <laughs> all even of, us, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the first thing I'd seen was just he was pace. Yeah. I was like, wow, this guy's fast. But, you know, I had that thing, all right, I've seen him because, you know, I looked Fred up on YouTube and he was amazing <laughs> as well, you know. <laughs> but, um, man, he, he started the season and I was buzzing he scored that, his, his first goal against yeah, Chelsea, yeah. you know. And and he's really just kicked off from there. I think, like you said, his off-the-ball movement's great. I mean, he puts in great balls. The, the, the ball he put in for, for Rashford, Rashford was, yeah. you know, Fantastic, what a ball yeah. that was. Yeah. And I think, especially when we're playing counter-football, we <clears> need that pace. And I think... Yeah, yeah. If 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 you go with the Rashford, Martial, Daniel James, mm. you know, with the Pogba there, that is counter-attacking football. Very screaming and any kind of defence lining up against that is going to be thinking twice about exactly. kind of as soon as they lose possession, like these boys, they're going to just put the burners on. And, mm. you know, another player I suppose we want to speak about is Scott McTominay, because at the start of the season, yeah. people said if he's starting the majority of games for United, it's a big concern, thinking mm. his quality wasn't quite there. For me, I think he's been in the top three or four performers in that team each game. I think he shows a lot of heart, a lot of grit. People thought he had a big job to step up to after we let Ander Herrera go. Yeah. What have your thoughts been on Scotty? Do you know what? He, he has changed my mind because beginning of the season, I was I was like that as well. Yeah. I thought, do you know what? Like, if we're going to play McTominay, that's we're United. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But he's he has stepped up so much. I still think it was a mistake letting Herrera go, personally. I mean, yeah. uh, especially you know the past few weeks before the Liverpool game. It's just screaming for someone like Ander Herrera in that middle of the park. Just, you know, he's got so much energy and he, mm-hmm. you know, he gives a little foul away, he gets a yellow <clears> card, but that's what we needed, that bit of grit, bit of grit and determination. Yeah. And I think that's the main problem that I've had this season was that we've sold so many players and rightly so, you know, none of them were working. 
I mean, Alexis Sanchez, I know he's been awful for us. I still would have given him another season. He, he, just... would, he would have been an option, wouldn't he? Exactly, it's just an option. And the thing with, with Sanchez is he hasn't been great for us, but we all know the Alexis Sanchez and we've seen him do it mm. in the Premier League. We know it's in there somewhere. You still have that hope of like, yeah, you, you might still have bring that it back hope. out. And, and I mean, we, you know, we've been struggling. We had Martial out, we had Rashford out. You know, we could have had Sanchez on them. Even, even like with, say, Lukaku, who I know he wasn't a fan's favourite and a mm. lot of after he came out and said he wanted to leave the club, that's a different story. But he's, he would have still got you goals, wouldn't he? And he does give you something different up top. He does. He definitely does. I mean, I'll be honest. I'm, I was I was happy to see him moved on. I, I'm, yeah. You know, I never disliked or anything. I just think he slowed us he slowed, slowed us down us too down. much. And, and for being a team that, that likes playing counter-attacking football and fast-paced football, every time I would go and watch the game and he'd get the ball, it's just like it was just a step too, too long or yeah. you, his touch was off and it was like, oh, this isn't it's working. Not it's not working. Mm. Yeah. Pav, what are your thoughts on... Yeah, just, on, just on, going back to kind of comments on McTominay. Um, if there's one player from the whole squad who, if you ask me, <clears> who's, who's playing, who steps onto that pitch and knows they're wearing that United badge, it's him. I mean, the way he can't, he's going in for challenges. I mean, for the Arsenal game, he cleaned out one of the players. Mm. Uh, Liverpool game, putting himself about. That, that sort of role, you don't need to be the best out there. It's just more that presence on the pitch. Yeah. If, you, if you're putting yourself about and you're showing the team your energy, energy kind of attracts energy and everyone else then raises their game up for that. It's similar to how kind of Roy Keane used to be on, on the pitch. You know he's on the pitch, everyone gets up for it. I'm not saying McTominay's Roy Keane or he's going to get to those levels, but the sort of players you need in, in a squad where we're in a time of transition where, we, where a lot of the players are lacking that. I suppose the other big thing for us is that looking in the team, the lack of, I don't know if you could call it characters or personalities, but I don't know if it's because we compare it so much to the good days where you had the big likes of Paul Lynch, you had yeah. Roy Keane in there, you know, big, big players in there. And were we spoiled almost for choice, you know, through that Fergie era? And we all grew up as Fergie boys sort of through that mm. era. Were we just spoiled for choice year in, year out, picking up trophies? And now, obviously, in this transitional period, kind of... What's your expectation for the next five years, Rishwood? Are you Have you lowered it completely or...? For the next five years? Yeah, in terms of no, getting man, back see, to where we need to next get Next five to. years, I still want to see a league title, man. I want to, mm. see, I want yeah. to see Champions League in the next five years. Um, if you're talking about like this season and next season, I, you know, I'm happy to wait a year, two years even three years to get to that level because I know it takes time but you know if, if someone said to me in five years you're not going to win a trophy oh that, that, would, that would hurt man because that, really that would be what nearly what 12 odd years if you take it into what we've mm. done you know to yeah. get a league top at 12 years and then that's quite a long time right to not have lifted a league title yeah yeah especially with with the money we've got you know it's not like we've bought a new stadium and you know it's not mm. like we're like with Arsenal you know they, they didn't have the money I mean I think the, the problem is recently since Fergie left we were just signing players with no real identity of what we yeah. were going yeah, for yeah definitely you know 100%. no philosophy I think the thing that I like about Oli is he knows there's a philosophy he, yeah. we know what he's trying to do and he and he's buying players for that and he's not even though he didn't replace the players and I was disappointed with that he's not just getting anyone in yeah. and wasting money on that you know absolutely I mean that's the one thing we've seen the players that have come in and there were strikers available for Oli uh, in the yeah. summer just ones he didn't seem to fit with their criteria um whether that's going to continue through the january if, if he gets the backing i mean obviously we've seen a good performance against liverpool but you know we've said before like after the liverpool game if we don't go and do something against norwich that that performance against liverpool is pretty much yeah, null and void exactly so if we do go down that route of where we're going back to performances like the newcastle away etc do you reckon woodward's got the balls to back it or is he gonna make a make a decision i think 
they've brought into Oli. I think the club definitely have. I think even Edward Woods understood that. He's probably taken a lot of criticism, which he's probably seeing now with the players he's gone and signed. Like you said, them kind of marquee players, big players mm. who, who who flopped really. Um, a lot of them did. I think now he has to, he has no option but to buy into Oli's long term plan. Um, and like you said, we're signing players for certain positions. So Wan Bissaka coming, Maguire coming. I think he knows we need a centre midfielder, probably a right winger and a striker. But we were never going to do that in one window. I think no. fans who thought we were going to have been too unrealistic. I think the problem was was we were just linked with everyone. Yeah, we? yeah. It was Typical just, United, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we, we had Bruno Fernandes, we had <laughs> Dybala come in, you know. There were so many names. I think letting Herrera go, I think if we if we did bring in Bruno Fernandes, I think that would have made a huge difference to yeah. us. I think it would have been a lot more stronger. Um, obviously, I think striker-wise, I think we were just unlucky that we had Rashford and Martial injured. And obviously, we let Lukaku and Sanchez go. But yeah, I think our signings that we've had this season, I think they've been great. I mean, Maguire's solid centre-back, all right, mm-hmm. his, his form might have dipped slightly, but yeah. we know that's a great centre-back and we were <clears> screaming <throat> out for that. Wan-Bissaka, oh my God, like... Just like... Class. Unbelievable, yeah. yeah. Jeez, like, mm. he's... I, I, I can't remember seeing a defender, like, win the ball that many times. Slide yeah. tack. Every, yeah. every time he gets... Normally, would like in this day and age, when you see a defender, then he goes to ground. You think he don't go to ground, mm. and they don't really do it a lot. Now, they do don't they? do it. Mm. He's a very old school defender, yeah. but he goes to ground and he wins it every yeah, time, and he goes absolutely. in hard. And I love that. We're there sometimes, and he almost like lets the opposition player run past him because he's lining up his tackle. And, he, and no... you think you'd have hit him, hit him, and he's like he has it, <laughs> but then he just comes back and just That's like, like said, his, his ball win rate is he's, unbelievable yeah, I mean, in tackles. Out of the three we signed, I'd probably say he's the most impressive so far. So far, yeah. and most, most consistent, consistent as well, yeah. I think. And uh, absence from the team was there when he was injured. Yeah, so. and he can play as well. His yeah. passing mm. is great. You know, he puts in good balls. Coming up to January, then, do you reckon we're going to sign anybody? If or is anyone you'd like to see us sign? Being realistic with it. Well, obviously, I've heard we've been linked with Mandzukic. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much truth's in that. Like, some people are saying there's the deal agreed and 10 million and all that. I think it would be a good signing. I think I think we do need another striker. Yeah, I think so. I think we need another striker just because we've seen Rashford, you know, his form has dipped. Yeah. If that happens again, we need someone that can <clears throat> step in. Um, and to, just to replace Lukaku and Sanchez, I think we need another, another striker in. there. I think, you know, I don't think we'd get it in January transfer window, but I think... At some point, we need another centre mid, like a Bruno Fernandes. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm I'm happy to keep my faith in Shaw. I'm happy with wan And I'm quite happy with Maguire and Lindelof. I mean, again, it's probably not another January one, but I think in the summer, maybe another centre-back, because centre-back I think Jesus. Phil Jones, Chris Smalling, yeah. Rojo, I don't think they're good enough. Good enough, yeah. Yeah, definitely. In terms of kind of where, where we think the season's going to go, obviously, we've got, we want to get kind of a bit of a mid-season prediction where you think we're going to finish in the table and whether we're going to be successful in any of the Cups. Is, is Europa League going to be the entry route back to European kind of football? What do you think on that, Rich? <sighs> so what are we now? 14th, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> Relegation battle, two points above, aren't we? <laughs> uh, do you know what? If I'm, being realistic, <laughs> if I'm being realistic at this point, I think I think we could get a top six finish. I, I, yeah. I don't think we can finish in the top four. Having said that, I mean, apart from Liverpool... Even City have been dropping quite a few points. Mm. I know Leicester in top four, and I like Leicester. They're a good team, but they haven't got that much depth in squad, so that that could falter towards the end yeah. of the season. Mm. And then you've got Spurs and Arsenal, who are not winning either. Chelsea obviously have picked up a bit, so it's not like the top four are set yet. So up, it's up for grabs, yeah, it? it's yeah. still up for grabs. But I think you know it all depends. I'm, I'm hoping this Liverpool game. I mean, if we got the three points, it would have been huge. Mm. We could have turned off the season. We could have gone on a nice little run. I think the fact that we conceded in the last five minutes 
wasn't great, but the mm. performance was was good. And I think I suppose Ollie, he'll be drawing as much positivity and, and, and plus points out of that game to really feed into the squad going into Norwich away, Alkmaar. We've got Chelsea in the EFL mm. Trophy as well coming mm. up. Um, I said sixth at the start of the season. I'm still <laughs> sticking. I reckon sixth or eighth. I'm happy to accept it purely because mm. of this whole transitional period uh, and buying into what yeah. you know what Ollie's putting together. Yeah, I mean, I had top four down before the start, but that kind of that quickly changed. <laughs> <laughs> quickly changed. Um, what are you thinking now? Like you said, Rich. I mean, there's there's so much opportunity because the the other teams aren't doing it. Exactly. Um, there's still hope. Yeah, which, they're, which they're is surprising, isn't it? Because we thought top three were going to be set: Liverpool, Liverpool, City, and Tottenham, mm. and then Arsenal. Uh, Leicester and maybe yeah. Chelsea were going to duke it out for, for fourth but it is quite open it's kind of left off from the end of last season when no yeah. one wanted top no four one, yeah. <laughs> but I mean I'd take a top eight I mean I'd, I'd like to see a Europa League run because I just I, like you said I want to get back Champions League I wanna, he just wants I'll, to go on the piss <laughs> <laughs> that's all it is yeah I mean I mean, we, we're Man United man. We, don't, we don't belong going away to Partizan no. we need to be We'd be welcoming teams like Real Madrid and, you know... Barcelona. Nothing hurts more than watching Champions League on the Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh, yeah. mate. And then the next day having to watch a team in the Europa mm. League. Especially when it's a 5.55 kickoff. Yeah, you know I mean? Mate. You're rushing home from work. That's the thing. It's just like doing them <laughs> Thursday night games and then we're travelling to the games on a Sunday and you think... Uh, yeah. Don't want to be doing this anymore. Rich, so uh, for the next kind of segment of today's podcast, I wanted to discuss something with you which... Um, some people feel a bit uncomfortable talking about, and I can see why, and it, often it's not really he- met head-on, um, and it's, it's racism in general. Um, I want to talk about it with yourself, because I know your recent storyline, which has been very, very big in Hollyoaks um, at the moment, is, is based around kind of racism and stuff. Yeah. We've seen it, unfortunately, um, in football as well. Yeah. Uh, it's been well-documented, well-highlighted um, recently. It is a big shame. Um be about your storyline first and about kind of just to give people who um, might not be up to speed with Hollyoaks about kind of what's been going on on there as well with, with it. Yeah, so in Hollyoaks for the past year, we've been doing this storyline on racism and sort of far-right extremism, <clears throat> um, sort of the right-wing extremist. So we've, um, in a nutshell, we have, we've got this character called Steve who's been in the show for years, um, who is a much-loved character. And we've had some other characters come in and they've kind of, preyed upon him he's in a vulnerable state he just lost his sister and they've kind of brainwashed him they're kind of like that tommy robinson you know that yeah. kind of thing um sort of neo-nazi gang and they've brainwashed him and my character is sammy malik we're part of the malik family which are a british muslim family and they're the, they're, they're the victims of this racist abuse and you know it's it's built up slowly over time you know it starts off with you know just a little look and little mm. comment here and there and we've seen it spiral and they've had bacon put through their letterbox and then a bomb's gone off and you know it's uh it's 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 got obviously bigger as as the years gone on and i think it's really clever of hollyoaks to do that you know they've used a much loved character and you know you can almost you know you don't understand their actions but you can understand how someone's got involved in that you know they've been very vulnerable and these people prey upon that you know and yeah. And it's uh, and unfortunately it happens on a day to day basis. I mean, it's the first time it's ever been done on a UK soap, and I think uh, we're we're a show that goes out at six thirty p.m. on a Channel Four. So being on at six thirty, we're a different audience. You yeah. Know? Stuff, um, normally you see this sort of stuff at nine ten p.m., mm. but we're seeing at six thirty is targeting a younger audience as well, which Hollyoaks have more younger viewers, and I think it's just educating them. You know, it's educating them about racism and. And yes, yeah, I'm very proud to be part of that storyline. Um, yeah, and like you said, unfortunately, it's coincided with the time in football where it's yeah. 
And is it quite bizarre watching football in 2019 mm, and kind crazy. of it's almost gone kind of full circle of stuff you used to hear about on the terraces. We weren't even born then, and you, and you think no, it couldn't have been you know it couldn't have been that bad. But then you see it you know couple, last week in England are playing, and what do you think? It's, it's, it's like crazy. Way. I mean, I saw a statement from uh, Manchester as well during the Liverpool game. Yeah, one, one of the fans got ejected as well. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of it's taken a new form with the whole you know keyboard warriors Twitter. You know, it's just so easy for somebody to you know create an account and spit out abuse. And, and do you think the guys like these big social platforms like your Twitters and, and and the other platforms need to get a grip of it and and kind of almost verify each individual account to know you know, who people are behind the, you know, profiles that are posting well, things or... I think that's the only way you can do it, isn't yeah. it? I mean, what what else... I can't think of another solution. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're getting a lot of racist abuse on Twitter and Instagram and all that, and they're from accounts that people can just make, mm. the, the only way that I can think of doing that is by making sure people, you know, put their passport in or driving license so everyone knows exactly what who account it is, it is mm. because... I, that's that. That's the only solution I can think of. Yeah. We might stop getting a lot of flack on Twitter as well. People from our big channel, but, but I mean, I guess you want to. The, the, the great thing about social media, and you don't want to lose that, is is that people have their opinions. Yeah, you of know, course. And, and that's unlike you know, we have a debate here, and we will put it out, and people will agree and disagree with stuff that we've said. But there's a fine line between you know having a debate, agreeing and disagreeing, and even having an argument, and then there's being racist, yeah, and, which and is... that kind of race abuse, which no one has time for, you know. With with football, and um, obviously with taught England players building up to the game, they said if there was going to be any um, racism heard or abuse thrown at the players, they would walk. Uh, we saw the referee stop the game a couple of times. Teams came off. Um, England then came out and, and carried on with the game, and after the game, sort of released a statement saying. Uh, internally they discussed it and the players who were victim of the abuse like Sterling they said no we want to go out and you know mm. we want to continue the game um, hats off for them for going out and doing that do you think it would have made a bigger statement maybe if the, if they did forfeit the game or just did come off and say look we don't want to go back or do you think they took the right stance by getting back out there and you know letting their football do the talking yeah I mean at the time when I saw it I thought I remember thinking just walk off the pitch and just, yeah, yeah. So, I, that's yeah. what when, when I was when I saw it especially after it being stopped for the second or third time and I thought yeah. I think it was was it just before half time when they were all discussing it yeah <clears throat> I thought just walk off the pitch like that's it done but then you know we, we got the result in a 6-0 and I thought the, the best thing about that was when I said they're walking off yeah. five minutes later Sterling scored, scored. Mm. and I thought actually that that's bigger than anything you know what I mean yeah. he's been getting all that stick and he's just gone and scored a goal against you so you know, he's done well because I thought if, if that was me and I was getting racist abuse and I scored yeah, a goal, I, man, I would want to go to the fans and do all of you that. Know, yeah, yeah, definitely. But I think, uh, like you said, I think it comes down to the players. I think if one of them said, listen, I'm not happy playing there. Yeah. I think the whole team should walk off. Would have, yeah. And I think they would have. Yeah. I think the fact that Sterling and Mings and, and whoever it was that was on the pitch said they wanted to carry on, I think, you know, it's their, it's their job to call and, you know, 6-0, you can... You, what can you what say? What can you argue yeah. with that? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, in terms of the whole walking off thing, I think... I think it's inevitable. It, it, it's going to happen. I yeah. mean, when it does, it's going to be a big, high-profile well, story. Well, it did happen, didn't it, in the FA the, Cup the, on the weekend? The, the Oval Town, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Haringey, was it? Haringey yeah. Haring oh. and, and Yeovil, yeah. yeah. And, and I, I think that's I kind of a, what's one step, I think, if it once you get like a like a United or in yeah. England or maybe even at, at, who knows, during the Euros it might happen. Yeah. When it happens on a world stage like that, You'll the, send a message the, the world's going to see it. Yeah. And then it's like the, the people in the crowd... If you're losing out on a, watching the rest of the game, losing points, and how they, how's that going to? And react? it is only a very, very small minority, yeah. isn't it? It's not, you know, a, a big, big problem. And I, I think it's here in, especially in the Premier League, when you hear of fans and you hear the so someone got thrown out in the United end, 
apparently on the weekend, but then people come out, United fans on Twitter, to say, look, he's nothing to do with the football club. Yeah. And, and, and it's good to see that, cause, but it's such a shame that it's just a small minority. That's who... the thing, it's such a it's, it's one person. On yeah, that game out of 75,000 exactly. fans. Exactly, you yeah. know, it's such a minority, but the thing is that we do need to stamp it out, and I think it is a shame, you know, no one, I, I don't ever want to feel, I've never felt going to a game like, oh God, I'm going to get racist. No, yeah. And I don't ever want to start feeling that. No. But, you know, I could understand fans that have never been to the game, you know, might think, oh, you know, do you want to come yeah. to this game? And they might think, oh, actually, in the news, I've been hearing about racist abuse and I'm a brown guy or a black guy. You know, I, I don't particularly want to go. And no one should ever feel like that. Do you no, know of course. I mean? And I suppose especially when you start taking that new generation of football fans, like, you know, kids growing up and you want to take them to games. And like you said, it kind of puts you off if you hear them sort of things. But I'm sure like with the kick it out kind of campaigns and with the FA and UEFA from FIFA, I'm sure they will be working tirelessly. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure we will see it stamped out eventually. I think that's what it is. I think, with, you know, when 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 a team walks off, I think at that moment, fans will start thinking, hold on, you've just ruined the game for me. Yeah, you know? probably. Mm. And, then, and, and that's when it's like, and I think what, what fans need to do, uh, like all of us collectively, is, you know, when, when we see that sort of racist abuse and stuff, it's like not just ignore it. Yeah. Because I think it's quite easy to just, you're part of a pact and you're all United or Chelsea or whoever you are, and you're all together and you, you hear a little comment and you think, oh, you know what? But actually to pull him up and be like, hold on a second, yeah. that's that's not right. Because I think right. it is a collective thing that we need to all help and work Absolutely. on. It's not going to be just done by just the authorities alone. We as fans need to do that as we well. We need to do it as well. Um, we've never really heard it on the terraces anywhere we've been, have you? You hear yeah, obviously the usual yeah. abuse that you throw at players and whatever else, rival players, but no no one overstepping the mark? Yeah, I've, I've not, not with my own eyes, but obviously, you, you know, I think if I was to see it, it's, it's one of those that... You know, you're gonna stand up and you're gonna you're gonna go and report it, or you're gonna tell the guy to sit down. So a lot of fans won't. For yeah. myself, I probably would. I'd probably inform security. I said this is going on, but a lot of fans just want to go there, do their own thing. They don't want to get involved into that. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's it's a hard thing to do. It's yeah, not easy yeah, to step yeah. up in that situation and say. But you know, I mean, it's 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 not going to be easy to eradicate yeah. racism. Yeah. Richard, you used to play football growing up. Yeah. Uh, sort of like local where you were from and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, in um, London, yeah. And uh, did it ever get to a point where you thought I'm going to go down the road? I want to, I want to be a footballer. Do you know what? It was always a dream of mine. It was always a dream of mine to be a footballer, like like every kid's but dream. But the reason, the reason I ask because I saw on your Instagram as well, you were recently involved in a charity match and you played yeah. with Skolzy. I played what, with against, Skolzy. Against him? I played against Skolzy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Do you know what? Yeah, so obviously since I joined the show, we play a lot of these charity football games and, and one of them, yeah, was with uh, with Paul Skolzy. That must have been quite surreal. Oh man, Paul Skolzy for me is like <laughs> God, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like Skolzy, Messi, Ronaldo. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so yeah, playing against Skolzy, it was, it was brilliant and I'm, I come on so it's roll on roll off and 25 minutes you know gone and they're alright Rish and I play centre mid Okay. and obviously he's playing centre mid and I come on and the other captain's playing centre mid and I'm like Rish Rish get on, get on Skolzy and I was like yeah yeah alright then I went on honestly I didn't touch the ball the whole game Mate, I couldn't serious. get the ball although he did that one of those classic Skolzy tackles on me I remember oh, having the ball so, someone played it into me let me remember it's a charity game right so I played it into me I've got a touch come sliding in Behind me, I didn't know who it was at the time, so I've turned around and be like, I've seen it skulls and I thought, oh, <laughs> Gave him a hug, it's right, I mate. can't say anything to him, I can't <laughs> say anything to him. I get you, because <laughs> I, I, so when I was playing uh, professionally myself, I was playing in the youth team, and on a Friday, the gaffer called us over, and he set us up against his starting eleven for the next day, and there was a guy called Darren Caskey, so he used to captain the Neville brothers and uh, Beckham back in the England youth setup. Uh-huh. But he was about 38 at the time, and I was about 18, so I was a bit of like a young nipper, getting around the pitch. And I looked at him and he looked a bit overweight and I thought he's playing centre mid instead of like, I'm trying to break into the first team at this point. Didn't kick the ball, didn't. He, he didn't move for about a 10 yard radius, but 
just couldn't get close to the bloke. Like, oh, just a it's different crazy, level. Yeah. <laughs> and then, it, like, now because I play in these charity games, when you play against ex pros, you can just see it. I mean, and they still got they it. They don't do anything fancy. Yeah. It's just the movement off the ball. Yeah. And, you know, all of that. Like, I played with Dennis Irwin not too long oh, ago. Nice. And, like, you know, he's, he's getting on now, but his touch and it's just movement on the ball and it's just, yeah, it's, yeah, it's incredible. It's an awe. It must have been like, just that, that in itself is just an experience. To it say, is. like, on here today, to be able to say you've had a kick about and you played against Scolzi. Dennis Elwood. I know, it's crazy. That's uh, quite good. Um, but Richard, look, I think what you're doing is absolutely fantastic. Mm. The storyline as well on Hollyoaks, I think is, like you said, it is important to not shy away from things, you know, what are going on in real life, yeah. um, you know, and to highlight them. And I think yourself and the rest of the Hollyoaks team are doing a fantastic job, mate. Um, so continue to inspire. I'm sure many people who are tuning in inspire us guys yeah. as a British Asian to break into a profession, whatever field it is. I think it's really inspiring for us guys who are new in what we're doing. Um, but to look up to people like yourself, I think it's, uh, it's important for us so mate thanks very much and, uh, thank you very much for giving up your time and joining Absolute us pleasure. here really enjoyed on here it. as well hope you guys have enjoyed uh, tuning into this week's podcast as well uh, don't forget if you haven't already you can check out the uh, project range by Duck and Covering the link is in the description of this video as well and if you haven't already don't forget to hit the subscribe button and join the journey but we'll be bringing you guys a watch along match preview uh, and obviously fan cams from Norwich on the weekend uh, but thanks for tuning in thanks to Rich once again Pav as always uh, and we'll catch you guys next time